Hello and welcome to the Performance Cycling Podcast. Today we have a pre lap. Todd, what are we talking about? So we're going to talk about caffeine since, as I've said many times, caffeine is my favorite ergogenic aid. But we're not just going to talk about how caffeine may or may not improve your performance. We're going to talk a little bit about the why. And I found this paper, a very recent paper, published in June of 2020. The title of this paper is The Effect of Caffeine on Endurance Performance in Athletes May Depend on HTR2A and CYP1A2 Genotypes. That's a whole mouthful, and we're not going to dive into the specific genes that are controlling this, but we'll talk about the study a little bit and why it's relevant. So they actually had a pretty nice sample. They had 100 male athletes, uh, 25 years old was the average age, and they were doing a 10-kilometer cycling time trial. Three conditions, they either had no caffeine on board, two milligrams of caffeine per kilogram body mass, or four kilograms, uh, four milligrams caffeine kilo of body mass. So that's decent, like moderately strong coffee and quite strong coffee, depending on how large you are. And then they're looking at how these varied in terms of their performance, but then they are also able to identify that certain genotypes, so certain genetic makeups of these athletes actually dictated how they responded to the caffeine, which I think is fascinating. And I think there's actually a it's very interesting because there's some individuals that have a particular genotype and between the no caffeine condition and the four milligrams per kilo body weight, they actually improve their time trial performance by an average of two and a half minutes over the 10 kilometers. That's pretty substantial, I would argue, in terms of cycling performance and speed. Well, that's like uh, maybe 10% even. Yeah, that's a big, they didn't talk about their experience as cyclists or their uh, VO2 max in the study. So it's hard to say they only talked about this absolute result, but just take, take into account two and, two and a half minutes over 10 kilometers is a lot. That's, a, that's, that's significant. But the bigger point here to, for me, and I think for all of us, is that I talk about caffeine all the time. And now I'm slightly curious if I were in this study, if I would have been in that group that had this particular genetic makeup that makes me uh, highly likely to respond to caffeine as an ergogenic aid. And I think the takeaway really here is there's a whole host of ergogenic aids out there. I like caffeine. Jason likes other things. Jason will tell you about carbohydrates for sure, which beet you can argue about. And the beetroot juice. All right, there you go. And whether or not this works for you might be dependent on who you are and not just factors that you control. It may be determined by your parents, really. And just because your teammate, coach, Jason or I, say, oh, this is a great thing. You should do beetroot juice. You should drink caffeine before you ride. Remember that just because it works for us, you may not see the same result. You may be a non-responder to caffeine and see essentially no change. You tried this caffeinated gel. I tried drinking a cup of coffee. I can't tell that my performance is any, any better than it was. And that's not necessarily a failure of caffeine or any other ergogenic aid. It's just an, it's an interaction and it's all very complex. 
So if, if anything, I think it's important to recognize that just because this thing says, oh, it should make you 3% faster, it might, but it very well may not, and it may not be something that's within your control. I think that's a really good point. And another thing, even to complicate it further, what type of event are you doing? We know beet juice is, is good for road races because it's beneficial to submaximal uh, efforts and is caffeine better for sprint efforts? And uh, maybe that is, hasn't even been explored properly. And you know, there are other factors like uh, some people are able to fall asleep right away. Other people have a harder time falling asleep. Some people, you know, our previous pre lap was meditation and some people can meditate more easily. Other people struggle to uh, relax and get into um, into meditation. And so there's so many different things that you could be doing or uh, someone else could be doing to see a performance benefit. And yeah, like Todd said, it's okay to not, you know, have the same response as other athletes to a certain uh, chemical, a cer certain ergogenic aid, and even a certain training protocol. And there's these ideas that there are slow responders, there are fast responders, and there are moderate responders on some Gaussian curve. And for caffeine, Todd is probably in that fast responder group. And for some of us, we're in the slow responder group. And it's okay. And the, you know, there's nothing wrong with you. And there's just variability in, in being a human. Yeah. And accept that, expect that, and recognize that the ergogenic aid is probably not the be-all, end-all. And just because caffeine works for me, beet ju beetroot juice might work really well for you. And at, probably at the end of the day, what we see, I think, with the studies at ergogenic aids is they seem to all give us 2 to 3% improvement in performance. And that's not an additive improvement in performance. It seems to cap out around that 2 to 3%. So find the one that works for you and stick with it. And don't worry that I'm over here drinking my cup of coffee before the race and that I have something that you know gives me an advantage over what you might get because coffee doesn't work for you. If you find something that works for you, stick with it. And chances are we're all getting that same two to three percent improvement from whatever it is that works for us. At the end of the day, two to three percent doesn't mean anything compared to the thirty percent, forty percent increase in performance you'll see from working out consistently, working with a coach or a dedicated workout protocol, improving you know your ability to fuel properly, hydrate properly. These are the big picture items you should be focusing on and. It is interesting that the genes are related to caffeine response, but genes are related to all these different things that affect our performance. And I guess this is maybe only the tip of the iceberg of, of how our genes interconnect with the stimulus that we provide to our body to, to try and go faster. Yeah, I think that's more than a preem lap. I think that's a whole, a whole suite of episodes if we wanted to go down that path. But for today, I would say take it for what it is and know that whatever that ergogenic aid that it is you use, it moves the needle in a small way. But as Jason said, there's a lot of things, big picture items in terms of training and consistency and nutrition that are going to move the needle a lot more than any ergogenic aid ever can. All right. That's all we have for the pre-lab today. Get out there and go ride your bike.